God bless you, and welcome back to Yesterday Ended. Thanks for joining me. I have to say I have the blessing in my life that I've never been in a big fist fight. In junior high, there was one punch that didn't do much to me, and another where a kid tried to kick me, and I was able to deflect it. The sad reality of life is that we are constantly in a fight with a real enemy. The problem is, well, we have the strength and will we fight back? A greater problem is too many people ignore the fight, or worse, deny it. No wonder so many people look beat up. We need to learn to fight back, and that is my intent for today's episode entitled, Victory Now Abounds. When a crime is committed against a person, one of the first things the police will ask is, Did they have any enemies? There's a great line in the movie Usual Suspects. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. We can't let ourselves be fooled. We do have an enemy and therefore are in a fight. Our enemy is dedicated to stealing from us the promises of God. He uses our fears, worries, and doubts, our traumas and failures to move us away from the truth of God. Today, I want to help you realize you can win the fight. My poem today is entitled, Victory Now Abounds. I will starve him, my enemy, my so-called friend. I will fight him and battle until the very end. Each time I turn away, I win, and strength I do regain. Each time upon my knees I fall, I can know the end of pain. And so into the fray I jump to attack my lying foe, and with each prayer I send to God, he undoes another woe. No morsels of my heart I'll give, my strength to drain away, no longer distracted by fear, unto God I will pray. Declaring the promises he gave, darkness drops to the ground, declaring the love that gives life, full victory now abounds. Everything that lives needs some sort of nourishment, and one way to kill something is to starve it. At times we've had enemies, doubts, worries, and fears of all sorts that we've become friendly to. God can deliver us from our enemies. He can't deliver us from our friends. So what will we do today to kill our enemy? If we allow our thoughts to linger on our traumatic history, we just feed it. I once remember uh, many years ago riding the bus home from work. When I got on the bus, I, I had this thought of some event that bothered me, and I thought about it and thought about it to the point where I actually became nauseous. And I finally realized I was just feeding this evil in my thoughts. And so I changed my thoughts. And by the time I got off the bus, I was healthy again. Romans 8, 6 teaches us, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So what is the focus of our thoughts? The more we live in fear, worry, and doubt, the more we kill ourselves. The enemy doesn't even have to do anything. We are simply lingering in their deception. So let's kill the enemy instead of ourselves. 
In 2 Samuel 22, I found a section that really shows us what we need to do in this fight that we're in. Verse 38, I have pursued mine enemies and destroyed them, and turned not again until I had consumed them. And I have consumed them and wounded them, that they could not arise. Yea, they are fallen under my feet. For thou hast girded me with strength to battle. Them that rose up against me, thou hast subdued under me. Thou hast given me the necks of mine enemies, that I might destroy them that hate me. We have to remember that the devil is here only to steal, kill, and destroy. He's after us, but will we turn the tables and get after him? I'd like to repeat the second stanza. Each time I turn away I win, and strength I do regain. Each time upon my knees I fall, I can know the end of pain. In Christ we have won the war, but unfortunately there is still everyday battling. The truth is, you can't lose if you don't quit. At times there are repeated trials, things we'll go through, but that's part of the growth process. In Proverbs chapter 24, it gives us hope. In verse 16, it says, For a just man falls seven times and rises up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. So the question is not how many times we fall, but how many times do we rise back up? Victory only comes by staying in the fight. I had the privilege of having a retired Marine as a roommate a few years ago. One thing he taught me about the Marines is that they never retreat. They engage the enemy and always move forward. We are not only citizens of heaven, but we are soldiers of Jesus Christ. And never forget that the fight is fixed. We know we win. We've been promised to be made more than conquerors through him that loved us. And in 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. So it's stacked in our favor. We can't lose if we don't quit. I'd like to repeat the third stanza. And so into the fray I jump to attack my lying foe, and with each prayer I send to God, he undoes another woe. Again, my roommate, my Marine roommate, on his license tag, it said, fight like a real man and fall to your knees. That's where the battle is so much of the time, is in our prayer life. What are we doing to engage the battle. We can't always control what thoughts are thrown at us throughout the day, but we can control what we hold on to. 2 Corinthians 10 gives us tips on how to battle in this war. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. From these two verses, we realize we are in a war, that we've been equipped by God with weapons for that war that are not carnal, 
but mighty through him. And the thing that we are attacking are our imaginations or our thoughts that exalt themselves. It says, exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Well, the knowledge of God is the truth, so that which comes against us has to be a lie. And so we have to look at each thought and bring it into the obedience of Christ. The thoughts we have are like seeds. So if you don't like the harvest you're getting, look at what seeds you've been planting. Where do you set your mind? Where do you set your affections? In Psalm 91, God gives us a great promise. In verse 14, it says, Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. So many great elements here in these verses. First, we need to set our love on God. We need to know him, know his name, know his power. And we need to call upon him. We need to be in relationship. If we call upon him, he promises he will answer. And he will take care of us in trouble. So it indicates, yeah, there's going to be a challenge in life. But the thing is, is he'll always be with us. We are never alone. Let's go back to the fourth stanza now. No morsels of my heart I'll give, my strength to drain away. No longer distracted by fear, unto God I will pray. In Ephesians, we're taught to not give place to the devil. If we give even a little bit of our heart to a negative, to a fear, it's going to pull strength away from us. So my next question is, where do you gain your strength? Do you gain it by worrying and crying about your problems? Or do you gain it by crying out to God in thanksgiving or even in pain? Do you go to God? I've been reading Psalm 119 lately, and it talks about crying out to the Lord in a number of places there. And I tried it. But I did it again in Thanksgiving, and I felt an immediate shift in the atmosphere. How much energy do you put into your prayer life? And another question is, are you crying out unto him for help, or are you just whimpering? We need to build that relationship with God, trusting in him, knowing that he will deliver us from our challenges. In James chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Here again shows the fight. You've got to resist the devil. When Jesus was tempted, his response was, It is written. He spoke the truth. Let's listen to the fifth stanza again. Declaring the promises he gave, darkness drops to the ground. Declaring the love that gives life, full victory now abounds. So what's on our lips? Do we simply repeat the problem or are we repeating the promises? Think about this verse. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So listen to what you're saying. What is coming out of your mouth? What are you declaring? 
Joshua 1.8 tells us, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So first of all, we need to know the word, the book of the law. And we have to have it in our mouth and then meditate, it says, upon it day and night. To meditate literally means to utter or mutter, to speak under your breath, so to speak. So it is a repetition of what you're speaking. The question then is, what are you speaking? The end of the verse says, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. This shows very clearly that what comes out of our mouth, the seeds we plant with our mouth, will determine the harvest that we get. And if we're speaking the truth, we will have a prosperous life and one of good success. What comes out of your mouth is how you fight in the battle. In Proverbs, we're told that life and death are in the power of the tongue. We can bring life to ourselves by what we speak, or we can bring death. Our greatest weapon in our battle is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Knowing the truth, dwelling in the truth, meditating in the truth, declaring the truth, will ensure that victory now abounds in our lives. Welcome to the war, the war for your heart. Whether you like it or not, you're in a fight. The great news is that the war has been won. Unfortunately, our defeated enemy won't give up. He wants to take down as many people with him as possible, but don't give in to his bluff. Make the moment-by-moment decision to fight back with the truth. Part of your battle training this week is to not only memorize Romans 8.37, but to quote it out loud every time you are challenged day and night. Being more than a conqueror indicates something needs to be conquered. The gospel news is, though, we can conquer.